Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au glad to be in church this morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of God just worshipping together? What a great... Uh worship said and we just could have kept on going worshiping and glorifying God it's a real privilege to have with us uh, Pastor Vicki Simpson uh, who's not a stranger to our church has ministered here on quite a number of uh, occasions Uh, she has a recognized prophetic ministry uh, and ministers to churches uh, in our city in the nation and also uh, the nations of the world um, what I love about Vicky, she's humble, she's down to earth, she's like, it's like she's part of the family, where well, she is part of the family, uh, has sort of Aussie Italian background, so she's probably related somewhere along the line, there's someone in this place somewhere, we're just glad to have her with her, I know God is going to speak to us this morning, so would you give her a big, big, big uh, Life Christian Centre welcome as she comes to minister the word, amen. Thank you. I should make your pastor my PR manager. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Okie doke. Sorry, I'm just going to reorganise. I've been moving furniture around churches for the last 30 years. So (laughs) so thank you very much, Pastors Joe and Lena, for having me. To see you all here, there's some up there. Lovely to see you. Um, I was just trying to do the calculations. When I first started coming here uh, back in the days, Pastor Enio was... uh, was here, Elio was here. Um, how long is Enio? Elio, Elio, I've got to write first. Don't mind me. This first service, I'll be better in the second. Come to say, how long ago was that? I mean, I think it's, yeah, at least 20 years. So, anyway, great to be here. And um, I'm believing God's going to do something significant this morning. Give me a wave if you've never heard me before. You don't know me from about, I thought there was a lot of you because I'm getting that kind of first date look from some of you, like kind of like checking me out, you know. And it, I love that, you know, because um, just when you think you've saturated the nation and everyone's sick of you, there's always people who haven't heard you. So uh, that, that's great. I'm a, so, you know, I'm a Perth girl originally. And um, as Pastor said, I'm an Aussie-Italian hybrid. Dad was Italian, mum Aussie. And uh, I've been in full-time ministry for the last 30 years. This is my 30th year. Celebrate 30 years this year, I know. It's amazing. You know, when I started out, I was one of the kind of, you know, you're like a novice, you're on your pea plates, you're, you're young, you're one of the young guns. And before you know it, you're one of the old ones. So they call you legend because you've been around for a long time, you know, that's, <laughs> and it just happens like that. <laughs> so anyway, I want to get into the word. Uh, there's my clock up there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you that your word is alive living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, I love that you are the voice within my voice. And I love how you can speak to every person in this place today, irrespective of what I say. Because it's not just what I say, it's what you do with what I say. So Lord, I thank you for an open heaven here today. I thank you for open hearts. And Holy Spirit, I pray, have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I just say as well, I was blessed by the the worship team. Uh, Now, I'm a big believer that worship is ultimately about God getting blessed, right? (laughs) And people say, oh, I love the worship. Well, really, it's not there for us. 
However, that's a, a, a good side, a good, you know, just a side bonus when you get blessed by the worship. So my appreciation to the worship team, wherever you are. Probably having a cafe or something. Okay. Title of my message this morning is, where am I? Where am I? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Where am I? You know, maybe you're lost. You're, where am I? You know, there was a time in my ministry pre-COVID where I would travel a lot overseas. For obvious reasons, that has sort of wound down a bit. But there would be some Sundays where I would preach in one country in the morning and another one at night. Particularly in Europe. You know, I might be, say, in Amsterdam in the morning and then like in Lausanne, Switzerland at night. Or I might be in Frankfurt, Germany in the morning, then in London at night. And, and I literally, there would be times I would wake up during the night wondering, where am I? Anyone been in that place and you're in the hotel room in the dark and you, you think you know where you're going, but you don't? Where am I? And we, the church, and let's be honest, the whole world has been going through some stuff in recent years and many people are asking the question, where am I? Where am I? And today I believe the Lord is going to help you locate yourself. I believe there's going to be a spirit of revelation here today and there are going to be a lot of light bulb moments, aha moments. So you can locate where you are because in order for you to get to where God wants you to get to, in order for you to progress, advance, move on to your destination, it is always necessary at first to know where you are. So if you want to type some directions, into Google Maps. Waze is my preferred app. Anyone a fan of Waze? I tell you what, you've got to get onto Waze. It lets you know if there's a police ahead. <laughs> just, 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 I don't know how it's legal, but anyway, it's there. It's, it's awesome. W-A-Z-E. Okay, thank Auntie Vicky for the tip. It's awesome. But you've got to turn on iPhone or that other type of device. You've got to put on... Your location services, right? You've got to put that on so you can be located before a route can be prepared for you to follow. So it's important to know where you are. And it was oh, some months back now, the Lord said this to me. He said, the church is on the road to Emmaus. The church is on the road to Emmaus. So we are going to prophetically unpack that story today. And I'm going to present to you four different stages on the road to Emmaus. And I'm believing that the light's going to switch on, right? And you're going to be able to see I'm on, I'm at that stage. Both personally, for each of you individually, no matter who you are, where you come from, how old you are, and as a church collectively, so you ready? You're ready to see where you are on the road to Emmaus. So let's read from Luke chapter 24. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Two of them. Let's talk about the two of them just quickly. Let me give you some background. So these two. Cleopas and a nameless friend, they were disciples of the Lord Jesus. 
They were followers of Christ during his earthly ministry. So they walked and talked with Jesus. And they had just witnessed the crucifixion of their Savior. And their world had been absolutely shattered. They weren't expecting that to happen. They didn't see that coming. Who would agree? 2020, a lot of us didn't see that coming. All the ramifications, all the changes. I'm going to be honest, prophetically, I'd started preaching from uh, late 2017. The Lord showed me, I think I even shared with you, you guys, the vision of the Rubik's Cube. I didn't. Oh, gee, I shared it with just every pastor I, I knew at the time. So I had this. Sorry, I didn't. Anyway, it's online if you want to see it. <laughs> a vision of the Lord Jesus with a Rubik's Cube. You know what I'm talking about? The Rubik's Cube, right? And Jesus started to move the cube. And, he was <laughs> and it was so quick. It was like a blur of motion. And, I, and then when I looked, I realized he hadn't done that to solve it as we know a Rubik's Cube to be solved, right? So the aim is to get every side as a uniform colour. What Jesus did was he mixed it totally up. And he looked at it and he still wasn't happy. And he went, eh, eh. So it wasn't even a cube anymore. I went, what was that? And the Lord said, it's my church. There's a new wineskin coming. Ask my people, are they willing to relinquish control? So that was late 2017. And I started to share it at different leadership gatherings. And, and uh, in early 2020, as COVID arrived in this nation, everything went cray-cray. The Lord said to me, the Rubik's Cube is in full swing. And so I want to say that, to say this, that even though most of us didn't see that coming, at the same time, the Lord knew exactly what was going to go down. And he is in the midst. And he has a plan. And we're heading to this place called Emmaus. And we have been in what is called transition. Everyone say transition. You are in transition whether you like it or not. The church is in transition. A pastor said to me only recently, so Vicky, now that Jesus has done this to the cube and he's finished, now what? I went, no, he's still doing this. I'm sorry. This is still, he is still working on us. He is, there's a new wineskin coming. We are the wineskin. You and I, his people, we are dealing with us. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, it was very revealing for me. As borders shut, I lost 100% of my work, my income overnight because it was dependent on travelling. I was no longer able to go to Western Australia, the People's Republic of Western Australia. I was no longer able to fly to Western Australia to see my family and my mum, who's elderly and and not well. I tell you what, I started to discover where my faith was, what level my faith was at. And so we've been in this transition. And these two, Cleopas and his friend, they were leaving Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The place of disappointment, the place of what was that about? Because they thought Jesus, right, was going to be their saviour there and then. He was going to establish his kingdom, overthrow the Romans, put the Jews in their rightful place. He, they thought that it was all going to be fulfilled in Jesus' lifetime. And so when they witnessed, right, their king being crucified like a common criminal, 
It was more than they could bear. They were heartbroken, disillusioned. Can anyone relate right now? The things that did not go to plan. The weddings that didn't take place. The funerals that couldn't happen. The businesses that didn't survive. The marriages that went, went down. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that went, that did not go to plan. But they're leaving there and they're heading somewhere. And we are leaving there and we're on this road. This road to Emmaus. And so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned. So stage one on the road to Emmaus, leaving Jerusalem, going to Emmaus, is conversing and reasoning. Conversing and reasoning. Now, this is a natural thing. This is a natural thing. I don't know if you got to do the points at all. Did the... There you go. Stage one, conversing and reasoning. So it is a natural thing to talk. When stuff doesn't go to plan, especially when there are curveballs of life, people talk to each other to try and make sense of what's taken place. And would you agree with me that there has been a lot of conversing and reasoning? There's been a lot of conversing and reasoning on social media. There's been a lot of conversing and reasoning online, a lot of conversing and reasoning in groups and in churches, all sorts of places, trying to make sense of what we're going through. And it's a natural thing to do. It's very interesting. I've preached this message in many churches. It comes out different every way. And I start to identify even what stage a church is in. And most churches, I am telling them, you've got to get out of conversing and reasoning. There was one church recently, I had to give them permission to converse and reason. Because it's essential to actually moving on. I don't know about you, I'm a verbal processor. I've married my opposite. My husband, my husband is, he suffers in silence. I do not suffer in silence. <laughs> if I'm suffering, you're going to know all about it. You're going to know the amplified version. Full technicolour. Surround sound. You got to, you know, it's a bit like the difference between the seagull and the duck. Who's ever heard that analogy? Right? So a seagull squawks. Right? Ah, ah, ah. Something's going on. You're going to hear the seagull. Ah, ah. Ducks, oh, they look like they're just smoothly going across the, the surface, don't they? They look so calm. But underneath, they're paddling like crazy. You just can't hear it. So I've married a duck, right? I'm the seagull. And stage one, stage one, it, it, might, it might be, it might be where you are today. Maybe you are still trying to find your answers up here. You know, you're still like, why, God, why? What's going on? There's some, I'm, I uh, talk to a lot of pastors and, and some pastors are, but Vic, what's God doing? What's he doing? And it's, it's, to me, some things are very obvious. But still, today, you might be in that place. You don't understand what's happening in your life. And so, stage one is conversing and reasoning. And then Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. What? These were disciples, followers of Jesus, and they didn't recognize him when, when he drew near? 
You know, sometimes you can go so far down the rabbit hole of conversing and reasoning, you don't even see that Jesus is near. I'm telling you today, Jesus is near. Whatever you're going through, he is near. He has not left us these last, last few years and he is near. I pray today, each and every one of you, your eyes are open to see that he is near. So Jesus, it says their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. Because they were distracted. Distracted. He says to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? It's verse 17. What kind of conversation? I want to ask you today, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another? It's in the NIV. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And it goes on to say, they stood still, their faces downcast. They stood still, their faces downcast. So your conversation is important for two reasons. Your conversation will affect your, your movement. They stood still. It will affect your movement. You might be stuck today. There are some of you who are stuck and God wants to get you unstuck today. And it will affect your mood. Their faces downcast. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? I'm not saying your conversation accounts for, for perhaps all of your sadness today, but there is somebody here and God wants you to consider your conversation. What are you talking about? What are you focusing on? For I'm seeing a direct correlation for some of you today for your mood and your movement is connected to what you are talking about. Some people are like this, right? They're trying to find their answers in this season in all sorts of strange places. Instead of looking up to Jesus, instead of seeking to get their clarity, their direction, their wisdom from God, they're looking in all sorts of weird places. And I, I had this picture of a filing cabinet. It was like this, you know, three-drawer filing cabinet. And the first one, they're looking in there. Okay, well, what's the answer? Give us clarity. What's going on in this? What's going on right now? What's happening to me? And they're looking through this filing cabinet. Oh, the answer's not there, right? So, so, so that, that was the... The filing cabinet of YouTube, right? And then they go into the filing cabinet of Facebook. Where's the answer? Where's the answer? Where's the answer? Answer's not there. Boom. All right? And then they go to the next one. And it's the, the filing cabinet, you know, of Instagram. And they're trying to find answers, answers. Surely answers. We're going to get what, what's happening. What's God doing? What's going on? What's going on? No, it's still not there. And then they then actually might be a fourth one. My friends, right? My friends go. Going. And, and then, so what they do, they go back to the top one. They go back to the, they go through the whole thing all over again, trying to find their answers there, but you will not find your answers there. Some of you just need to roll that filing cabinet away. Just hide the damn thing. Just get rid of it and look up. Look up to where you get your answers from the Lord. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. What kind of conversation? Then one whose name was Cleopas. This cracks me up. This passage is hilarious. The one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him. He's talking to Jesus, right? Talking to Jesus. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem 
And have you not known the things? Everyone say the things. Have you not known the things which happen there in these days? And he said to them, what things? They said to him, the things. The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these, to, all this today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they'd also seen vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Things. Let's talk about things. Right, so let's be clear today. We're not in denial of things. We're not in denial of things. Especially as the church, because we've actually got a we've got a minister into natural realities. So there's two realities, right? Let me just give you a little bit, you know, living by the spirit 101. There's two realms, two natural, there's a net natural reality. They're the things, right, that we experience through our, our natural senses. The things that are natural realities. But there's also spiritual realities. Spiritual realities. So, natural reality was 2020. Things are out of control. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? All these politicians, they're all in charge. Oh, they, they, they think they're God. What's going on? Natural reality. Spiritual reality was that Jesus was still the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All power and authority was in his name. Hey, nothing, nothing takes place without his authority. Say so. He is in charge. Spiritual reality. And people can get very confused. Christians can get very confused when they put all their focus on, on the natural reality because the spiritual reality can be very different. Okay. Does that make sense? That was a little bit off script. So things ha- we're not in denial of the things and things hadn't gone planned for the- to plan for these disciples. If I had been a disciple there, a follower of Jesus, there who'd witnessed a crucifixion, I think I would have been having a hard time too. Just saying. I'm not condemning them. I'm not saying they should have known better. I probably would have gone through the same thing. But we learn from their example. That's the point. And to give these guys credit, they, kept talk, they, they, they just kept talking and travelling. They kept, they kept walking, right? They kept, they kept walking. They kept moving towards Jerusalem. And so after sharing their hearts... Cleopas and his friend, they, they poured out their hearts to Jesus. They're basically saying, Jesus, not knowing he was Jesus, but they're saying, we are suffering big time and Jesus is the reason. Right? Jesus has just put us through all of this. We are in pain because of what has happened to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Does he get, oh, you think he'd say, oh. My heart breaks for you. Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry, guys. It's me. I'm so sorry I've put you through this. Come here. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Right? You think, you think, you think loving Jesus, right? You think he'd do something like that? No, what does he do? This is what he says to them. Verse 25. Oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. 
He rebuked them. He rebuked Fair didn't ask you for love. He rebuked them. On this road to Emmaus, there will be correction and adjustment. Stage two. Are you in stage two? Is the Lord Jesus starting to correct you? Are you starting to feel some conviction about how your life has been, about your commitment to him, about what you've been believing and not believing? Have you suddenly realised that that filing cabinet really is quite exhausting and it's not actually taking you on the road to Emmaus? Are you starting to recognise that there are other voices speaking in, in your life that aren't of the Lord? I I believe the Lord is at this moment in the Church of Australia. He is giving us a collective realignment. He is is collectively starting to adjust. Okay, the the pendulum went too far out that way. You've got to bring bring it back. That's been okay for then, but now there's going to be something new for now. For God is doing a new thing. He is doing a new thing. Mark my words, we're about to enter not just a new day, but a new era. And things that were okay before aren't going to be okay anymore. And things that were applicable for the last chapter, for the last instalment, aren't going to be applicable, relevant, fruitful for the next. And so get ready, because if you haven't entered stage two yet, it's coming. And the Lord is requiring new levels of surrender. He is requiring the Rubik's Cube vision I had. Ask my people, are they willing to relinquish control? He's going to put his finger on areas of control in our lives where we have not fully submitted to him. And so stage two, don't get condemned if you're already starting to feel it. If you've already been starting to sense it, be careful you don't get bitter in the process. I can constantly come before the Lord. Lord, I don't want to be cranky prophet. I don't want to be grumpy prophet. Please help me, Lord, because I can get frustrated. Because stuff that can be so obvious to me is not necessarily obvious to others. And I I ask God for the grace to try and communicate and sound an alarm in this season. I saw the Lord coming here. Do you still refer to yourself as LCC? Is that? Yeah. I saw the Lord coming here into LCC and saw him with his hand on like the gas, like imagine a cooker, a cooktop, gas Hot plates, right? I saw the Lord coming and he put his finger on, on this knob, on this gas, and he went, Phew. so the gas went from nothing to whoosh in an instant. And what he's doing, because what happens is when the gas is ignited, a flame comes and there was whoosh, the fire. I hear the Lord saying, the fire is coming. The fire is coming. And there's a fire coming to our hearts. So don't be perplexed and don't be concerned if you start to feel a heat rising on the inside because that's what God is dealing with. He's dealing with our hearts. What's all this been about the last few years? Our hearts. What's, what's this going on in that place? And you're hearing about this happening there and you're hearing about that going on over there. It's our hearts. God is asking us, who is first? Who are you surrendered to? Be, be, be ready if you're not already there. Be ready for God to do some dealings. And it's for good. It's for good. And this is what he did. Because this is how God corrects. He corrects us by teaching us. He corrects us by teaching us. The Lord said to me again some months ago, Vicky, the most 
most important thing you can cultivate in this season is a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. And so that means to, uh, to admit I might be wrong. Ooh. I could be wrong. Right? A teachable spirit says I could be wrong. This, this is what I believe, but I could, I, could, I could be wrong. God gives grace to the humble. And a humble says, I could be wrong. Co- correct me if I'm wrong. And I just see the ministry of teaching. God's got something new. He's restoring something to the church in the area of teaching. Because teaching corrects us. We get realigned by the word. I believe we're going to see the rise of the teacher again. But it's going to be the teacher and the prophetic together. So teachers, just this is very simple. Vicky's simple definition. Teachers explain. Right? Teachers explain the word. A preacher proclaims. Right? A teacher explains. You can have a teacher who explains the logos, the word of God, what God has said. A prophetic teacher explains what God is saying. And there's a difference. So a preacher proclaims, historically I've been like a rhino. One point, right? I'm getting a bit more like porcupine these days, more than one point. But traditionally I've been rhino, one point message. But a teacher will often have a number of points, like a porcupine. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Echidna, whatever. Points. And these points are to realign us, to adjust us, to correct us. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with him. So this is stage three. And this is a super important stage. And I felt some of stage three during your your worship today. And what is that? So they're walking along, right? Cleopas and his friend are walking along with Jesus. And they're, they're just arriving at Emmaus. And Jesus starts to wave. Okay, guys, I'll keep going. And you can... Letting them go to their, where they're planning to stay. And they went, oh, 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 no, 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 no. You're not going anywhere, Jesus. You're staying with us. No, no, we don't want you to go. Please, come. Come, stay the night with us. So stage three is compel and constrain. Compel and constrain. And it's pivotal. Everyone say pivotal. It's pivotal. So what does that mean? It means that what happened in this stage was was absolutely essential to the next stage. The next stage won't happen without this stage happening. And the fire is the fire of passion. The fire is the fire of hunger. We need you, Jesus, more than anything else. I'll tell you something. God is raising up the water table of spiritual hunger and desperation in this nation. And he wants... He wants us to be crying out to him, just like the disciples. No, 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 you're not going anywhere, Jesus. We need you more than anything, more than anyone, even, more, even greater than my need to understand, I need you. 
That's stage three. That's stage three. Maybe you can identify yourself there today, that you've passed it all. You've passed stage one. You're conversing and reasoning. The Lord has corrected and adjusted you and shown you exactly what is important, what's his priority. And then stage three is like, Jesus, my heart, it just just wants you more than anything, more than anyone. I don't care, rich or poor, well or sick. It doesn't matter. You matter. And I need you. And these guys came to that point. And they said, we need you. They compelled and constrained him. And then now it came to pass. And have the worship team return, please. As he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open. Everyone say, eyes open. And they knew him and he vanished from their sight. He vanished. It was like mission accomplished. Mission, that's what it was all about. That whole journey, the whole point of Jesus drawing alongside was so that their eyes were open and they knew him. And they knew him. So stage four. Stage four. Revelation and renewal. So the church is on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus is the place where we're going to see Jesus. I'm telling you, church, there's a new revelation of Jesus coming. We're going we're gonna to see him in a whole new way. You know, all throughout church history, there've been moves of God and accompanying each move is like a new revelation of Jesus. Things that we take for granted now, Jesus is healer, say. Say, for example, Jesus heals. That was a huge revelation back in the 1950s. And the healing evangelists, you know, they restored. It wasn't a new revelation. Like it was, it's there in the Word, but it's, for some reason, it's like just that, there are seasons in the church that's just blind to a part to an aspect of Jesus. So things that we take for granted now, there was a season when it was it was new, it was lights on, it was like revelation big time. And I believe God is getting us ready to see him in a new way. And it's gonna make all the difference. We're gonna do things differently, we're gonna think differently, we're gonna encounter him differently. Some people say, Vicky, what do you think that is? What do you think? Well, I can't say the Lord has told me. I've got some convictions. I've got got some feelings about what that might be. I have a conviction. It's going to be about Jesus as King. King and kingdom. Had a lot of revelation on the local church over the last 20, 25 years. The local church the house of God. I tell you what, we, I think there's a lot to be revealed about the kingdom. And every king has a kingdom. But we've got to get to that point. We've got to go through the stages before we arrive in Emmaus. So what, what stage of the journey are you in? What stage of the journey? Could you see yourself today? I'm, I'm praying the Holy Spirit puts his finger on our hearts and reveals, you know what? I'm at that stage. I think I'm still at stage one. You know what I find? Sometimes I can be in one stage in one area of my life and another stage in another area. 
So I've got great trust in one area. Like I'm, you know, I've gone through being uh, corrected and taught and I've got passion. But then suddenly I find myself conversing and reasoning again. So it's, but it's awareness that's important. There is no change without awareness. We do not experience change without self-awareness. And that self-awareness is coming by the Holy Spirit today. You know, a prophet, often people got an interesting idea sometimes of a New Testament prophet. They think we're just the same as the old, like we're from, you know, just the lineage of Elijah, Elisha, you know, Jeremiah. But we're different. New Testament prophets are not the same as the old. We're like spiritual Sudafed. We come to clear the airway so you can hear for yourself. God's empowering his sheep. God's empowering his sheep. I tell you, going to be a lot of shifts. So I'm not going to, it's a whole other message, but we're going to experience each one of these of the Rubik's Cube. And you can see that on YouTube if you want to see the whole amplified version of that vision. Just put Vicki Simpson Rubik's Cube Church. But each one of those things represented a paradigm shift. It's going to be a whole lot of shifts, shifts, shifts. Seeing things, understanding things differently. I'd love you all to close your eyes for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Where are you on the road to Emmaus? Stage four, eyes open. So stage one, conversing and reasoning. Are you emotionally downcast? Are you stuck? Stage two, corrected and taught. Have you been in that stage where the Lord has been teaching you, correcting you? Are you open to being wrong? Stage three, compel and constrain, hungry for his presence. Hungry, we're hungry, desperate for him. You know, I I remember coming to a point in my journey and it was like, Lord, no matter what I've lost, no matter what hasn't come to pass, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you down the, the deep dark hole of disappointment or disillusionment, confusion. If I lose you, I've lost everything. And in stage four, revelation and renewal. Eyes open, hearts burning. Eyes open, hearts burning. I prophesy right now to you, Life Christian Centre. Eyes open, hearts burning. Eyes open, hearts burning. In verse 33, it says, was it verse 33? There was, uh, in, in, on their journey, they recognised. They said to one another, verse 32, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? Did not our heart burn with us? When your heart starts to burn, be sure you're near Emmaus. You're nearing Emmaus when your heart starts to burn. Who can give me a wave if you can recognise today? You can kind of identify with one of these stages personally. Just give me a wave. Put, put, put your hand up. You know what we're going to do? I want you all to stand right now. We're going to do a little bit of business with God. little bit of business with God. I'd love you all to close your eyes. If, if, if you can't see where you are, I believe in the days and weeks ahead, this message is going to come back to you. It's going to give you clarity. It's great to know where you are in order to get you to where you're going. I'd love you to lift your hands to him and just bring this stage to him. Just bring your situation. Just bring your, you know, some of you are tired. Some of you have been through so much. 
If I could take in every bit of faith, even to come to church today. I see God bringing healing to hearts today. Yeah, the Lord is bringing healing. He's bringing a fresh start. I see just then he's like wiping some slates clean. It's like it, and it's literally he's going to wipe it clean. And it, the natural reality will be, yes, it happened. But the spiritual reality will be that you will ascend over it. It will not drag you down. It will not control you. It's not going to rip you off. It's not going to control your future. Give me a wave, still with eyes closed, if you're identified with stage one. You say, yeah, I'm still conversing and reasoning. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Who would say, yeah, I'm at, the, I'm at that stage now where the Lord's teaching me. He's correcting me. I get, yep, yep, yep. Give me a wave. Yeah, there's a lot of you. A lot of you in stage two. That's great because that, that's when you get out of being stuck. That's when you're getting, that's, that's a propelling moment, propelling stage. Who would say that, you know what, I'm stage three, I'm, I'm just hungry for God now. Like I don't care, yeah, yeah, uh, there's a number of you because I could sense that in the worship, a number of you are at stage three. I'm not sure, maybe today you'd be, give me a wave if you think you're at stage four. I'd be, yep, yep. Well, the rest of us are going to probably need to catch up because for the, by and large, the church in Australia is not there yet. But we're going to be. We're going to be. You know, this church has always carried something pure. Especially in the years I've known Pastors Joe and Lena, it's been it's a great purity and integrity. You know, I, I, see, I see God doing away with that which is unnecessary. It's like things that we have, you know, valued and they have been good for a time. I see that the Lord is just going to make things more focused. I see even more laser focus and just sort of like a cutting away of some things. Not that there was anything wrong, but I'm just seeing resources, energy, focus. being, And it's a shape, right? I'm just seeing this shape and it's been carved like a carving, you know, so... I'm reminded, a pencil is sharpened, not by what's added, but by what's removed. A sculpture is formed, not by what's added, but by what's removed. And I'm just seeing this cutting away, but not in the sense of anything brutal, but in the sense of a deliberate design. Oh, shuck about, oh, the hairs on my arms have all just stood up on end. That's the Italian part of me, all those hairs on my arms. <laughs> deliberate design and I'm just seeing everything I'm seeing everything being poured into that and I'm just seeing I'm seeing the body the body of Christ the body every part joined and knit together fitting and functioning not just one part of the body but the whole body Father I thank you right now lift your hands right now Father I thank you for every person here today under the sound of my voice. Father, I thank you. These people, this church is on the road to Emmaus. Father, I thank you for the move of the Spirit, God, that this worship team carries. I see, Father, increased weight, increased glory on the worship ministry in this place. I thank you, Father, for songs that are going to be written, songs that carry, Father, a new sound that carry, Father, a weight 
light of glory. Healings are going to take place like never before. Miracles, I see, it's going to start little, 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 and then it's going to mount up, get weightier, more and more and more. Father, we surrender to you. First and foremost, I thank you, Father, for the fire. I thank you, Lord. Your hand is on the switch. Lord, you're turning the gas the gas on. You're turning the gas on. And the spark of your word is going to ignite something, God, in heart. Some of you are going to experience a spiritual resurrection. You feel dead. You feel like life is taking you out. You don't have the passion that you had before. But the Lord says that He is going to restore your passion. He is going to restore your fire. I thank you, Father, for resurrections taking place today. Resurrections of faith. Resurrections, Father. Resurrections taking place in people's lives. Oh, God. We're on the road to Emmaus. We're on the road to Emmaus. Oh God, we've experienced the cross. We've experienced the disappointment. We've experienced the loss. We've experienced the heartache, the confusion, the disillusionment. But Emmaus is coming. Holy Spirit, I pray. Bless each person here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a great hand of praise. Amen.